but uh, I'm glad you're here. We're going to get started. We're on week two, step one, which is um, observation, but I want to just mention this. I didn't do it last week, but the book we're going out of, and we just kind of simplified this book instead of you reading everything, which is not a long book, actually, but uh, uh, it's called The New How to Study Your Bible by K. Arthur, David Arthur, and Pete the Lacey. And uh, I'd encourage you to pick one of these up, uh, you know, for, to, to go further in depth. Um, obviously, we can't talk about everything that's in this book. It would take too long, and it'd be like me just reading this book to you. And I know you know how to read. So, uh, but there are, it does go a little bit deeper as far as um, and there's, some, there's some steps in here that we're kind of just skipping over just for time's sake. But I encourage you, if you'd like to buy it, you can do that. Uh, Amazon, you know, that kind of place, uh, Barnes & Noble, pick one up, and uh, you, you will enjoy it. It will help you. So tonight, you will learn step one, which is observation. Uh, what, does, what does the passage say? What does the passage say? That's the question we're, we're asking, an observation. Looking at the Bible, opening it up, what's it, what does it say? And this is the foundation which must be laid if you want to accurately interpret and properly uh, apply God's Word to your life. You have to do this step. Um, you're going to learn to observe Scripture so that you will know what to look for when you read the Bible. Um, because observation um, is discovering what the passage is saying. And it requires time. It requires practice. It's not just reading it, just to read it and, and you forget about it. We've all done that. But you're observing, and we're going to get into that, what it's saying. And we will take... We'll be taking time to practice observing Scripture tonight in our small groups, and you'll discover that the more you read and the more you'll get to know the Bible, the, the, the more its truths will become uh, obvious to you. It'll kind of pop out to you. You'll get it. Now, some of the truths that we read in the Bible, um, we may understand what it says, but maybe the meaning behind it we don't quite understand. God will open up a whole new world of understanding to you as you take the discipline to study his word. So let's begin, okay? Um, Number one, page four of your notes. Choose a portion of text, the scripture that you want to study, whether that's a verse, uh, you you know, a whole chapter, a paragraph, or or even a book, but choose something. It's suggested that the Bible be studied book by book because each book of the Bible is a complete message in and of itself, in, in turn relates to a special way uh, to the whole Word of God. So, you know, you can jump back and forth. Sometimes there's devotional plans where you read two chapters in Genesis and you read a chapter, and, and that, those are great. But usually, if you want to take time to study a book of the Bible, uh, it's good to study the book, not just pages, verses. If you are a new believer, you know, or not too familiar with the Bible, I would suggest beginning in the New Testament. Um, if you are a seasoned follower, you know, pick a book that really interests you. Um, and begin to go in depth. For example, you know, like uh, the Philippians, there's four chapters. <clears throat> so maybe what you could do is take one chapter a week for a month. So for the whole month, you're just going to study Philippians. And so for the whole week, seven days, you're going to study chapter one, the second week, chapter two, and go really in depth in your study. That's just an example. Um, you, how many would agree that you could probably get a lot out of studying one book? You know, instead of just reading, you know, lots of verses and chapters and checking them off and that kind of thing, which is good, but 
you know, you know Philippians in-depthly because you study it for a month. If you were to take you know, 12 months and study 12 books of the Bible, you're not, everything, you're not reading everything and doing everything. I know of pastors who will take one chapter a year and just study that chapter for a year and go really in-depth of that. It's up to you what you want to do. The second thing is begin with prayer. John 16 says this. It tells us that the one who guides us into truth, the one who takes the things of God and reveals them to us is the Holy Spirit, our resident teacher. So ask God by His Spirit to um, open my eyes to the wonderful truths in your instructions. So begin in prayer. And continue studying with an attitude of prayer. Ask for a clear mind and heart to really hear what the Spirit is saying. Because sometimes we can read and there are distractions all around us and we're not really focusing and, and it, it's not popping out because we're just distracted. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Luke 24 says this, Then He, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And He'll do that for you. Number three, Read and reread the text. Become familiar with it. Read and reread the text. Become familiar with it. The more you read the text you have chosen to study, again, maybe it's just a verse, maybe it's a paragraph, maybe it's a chapter. The more you read and reread it, the more you, you become familiar with it. And when you're reading, it may seem like a collection of verses that are, are barely related to one another. Or you may come across some things that, that just kind of puzzles you, just like... I don't quite understand that. See, now is not the time, though, as you're reading, to figure them all out yet. It's, that's not the time. For now, just observe the obvious. Become familiar with it. Become familiar with it. Um, like a puzzle. Uh, okay, famous picture there. Um, when you begin to do a puzzle, what's the first thing you do? You open the box and you lay all the pieces out, uh, you know, right side up. What do you, what's the first thing you do? You what? You find the corners, right? How many are there? <laughs> Sorry. Insult your intelligence there. There's four corners. All right, what's the next step? And what, how many sides do they have? What's that? One side. <laughs> Um, now, I'm sorry to insult your intelligence there, but um, uh, you look for the most obvious pieces and the other straight edges, and after connecting, you know, all the straight edges and the corners, which can be challenging. If you're doing a large puzzle, that can take some time, but you know, you now have your framework to put all the other pieces together, and you set the box up, and you begin to look at the picture, and you kind of put everything together, okay? So it begins with the corners, it begins with the edges, and you have a framework now that makes sense. That's how you need to approach observation when it comes to um, reading the Bible. Ask God to see His Word uh, through fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Number four, identify the type of literature. Identify the type of literature. Although God is the ultimate author of, of Scripture, he, he specifically chose certain human beings to write down His truth for Him. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, you know it, all Scripture is inspired by God. Um, 2 Peter 1, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretations of things. For prophecy never had its origin in, in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So God gave them the words. The books of the Bible are like light that comes through 
uh, a prism. Um, the prism separates the light, bringing out the different colors and the hues, yet it's still from one source, that light. Con- you know, consequently, many books of the Bible are also an expression from the, from the human author, their background, their experiences. And although the Bible is timeless and every word divinely inspired, each book of the Bible is colored by historical settings in which it was written, the political, the social, the philosophical, even the religious conditions of the times all came to bear what expressed on paper uh, as they began to write, yet without distorting or distracting from what God wanted written down for us. It's kind of amazing how God wove these 66 books together through human authors, different backgrounds and different, uh, you know, occupations and, and family orientations, all of that. And the type of literature determines the way you will handle the text. Uh, how many books in the Bible are there? Okay, you guys are sharp, sharp group. How many in the Old Testament? 39. How many in the New? Do the math. 27 is correct, okay. Now, all those books, okay, have been categorized into types of literature. Now, the books um, within the Bible are written in different styles, illustrated by the chart on page 4 there you have. I think I have a picture of that as well, if I can get it. There you go. Um, you have the history of the law books. Given, that gives background and tells of the, the real events and how God dealt with the people. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and the New Testament book of Acts all deal with history. The book of Acts is church history. Okay, then you have the Gospels. That gives a chronological biography of Jesus and his genealogy through res- his genealogy through his resurrection. Uh, what are the four books, Clark? Since you're Mr. Google. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in case you're listening by CD. All right, uh, poetry, wisdom literature written in the form of poems and proverbs. Okay, we have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and Song of Solomon. Prophetic, okay, that tells of future events. Some prophecies have already been fulfilled, uh, and some prophecies are yet to come. So there are two categories of prof- prophetic books called the major and minor prophets. Only because of the size of the book. That is the only, they're, they're, they're equal in importance, obviously. Uh, the, those books include the major books, because they're bigger, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. The minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Last week I said Malachi, that's not how you say it. Okay, it's, uh, he's not Italian. Ma- Malachi. Then there's the prophecy book in the New Testament called Revelation, okay? Kind of its own little section there. Then you have the letters, also known as epistles. And that contain most of the doctrines, the teachings for the church, where we build our doctrines from. Okay, the books, the the Pauline epistles, these are the ones that Paul wrote. uh, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus and Philemon. Philemon, however you want to say that. The other letters written by different authors include Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First and Second, Third John, and Jude. So, if you were to count all those books up, equals sixty-six because I did. So it helps to know how the books of the Bible are categorized into the different types: history, law, the Gospels, poetry, prophetic, and the letters. So, if you have an understanding of that as you begin to read, okay, this is a prophetic type of book. All right, number five. Interrogate the text. Interrogate the text. 
You must interrogate the text as, as a detective would a witness. You need to get all the facts that you can. Observation requires reading with a purpose. You're trying to get the whole story. You're trying to go there and get all the details. So you need to ask the five W's and an H. What are the five W's? How? All right, you got it. So we got who wrote it? Who said it? Who are the major characters? Who are the people who mentioned? To whom is the, the author speaking about? You know, who is he talking? Um, what are the main events? What are the major ideas? What are the major teachings? Uh, what are these people like? What does you know, he talk about the most? What is his purpose in saying that? You're asking these questions. When? When was it written? When did these events take place? Or, or when will it happen? When did he say it? When will he do it? So you you're begin to formulate these questions in your mind. Where? Where was this done? Where was this said? Where will it happen? Next one is why. Why was there a need for this to be written? Why was this mentioned here? Why was there so much or so little space devoted to this particular event or teaching? Why was this reference mentioned? Why should they do such and such? Okay, why? Why? Ask the question why. And the last one is how is it done? How did it happen? How was this truth illustrated? So these questions are the building blocks of precise observation. Again, we're going to get into interpretation in two weeks. But this is helping us understand the foundation, the observation. And that will help lay a solid foundation for accurate interpretation. So observation is very important. Many times scripture is simply misinterpreted because the context isn't carefully observed. So let me ask this. Leaders, don't say anything because we talked about this already. True or false? God doesn't give us more than we can handle. True or false? God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Okay, how many say true? How many say false? Okay, a couple of you. The answer is false. Now, in the correct context... Paul is talking about temptation. Okay? 1 Corinthians 10. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. More than you can handle. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so you can endure. So see how easily certain you know, words, they sound really good. They sound like, oh, that's right, right? But they're not. Take it out of context. Okay? The truth is, I believe God does give us more than we can handle. So then Why? We rely on him. We trust him, right? Um, so that's just what I think. Uh, accurate answers from the text will help assure correct interpretation. So um, let's, let's do that for just a, a second here. Let's take this, this verse, okay? John chapter 7, verse 1. And we're going to do the interrogating process just to kind of give you an idea of what we're doing. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him, Okay? Smart guy. All right. So as we interrogate the text, okay, we discover that who is it about? Okay. You like that little graphic there? I did that myself. Okay. <laughs> Jesus answers the question. Okay. Who is this about? Okay. What was he doing? Huh? Was walking. Okay. That answers what he was doing. Okay. Where was he walking? 
okay, in Galilee, not Judea, because, okay, we'll get there, don't get ahead of because uh, why was he not going to Judea? Because the Jews were going to kill him, okay? See how this, you just kind of break it down with some questions? Now, when did all this take place? You got some smart people. All right. All right. Now, um, so what things? Well, we don't know because the, the verse is previous to this particular verse. Okay? See how we did that? Went too fast. All right. Um, so don't think that you have to find all the answers to all the questions for every passage of Scripture. They're not always going to be there. Okay? Uh, the verse we just looked at, John chapter 7, verse 1, did not answer the question how. Okay? It's not there. So don't make it up. Don't make up the answer, okay? It was a long walk, and, you know, don't make up an answer. Just go with the text um, and answer all those that you can. And when you interrogate the Scripture, you'll be amazed at what you learn. If you just slow down, you know, don't read 15 chapters, and, okay, you're not going to remember anything, but you break it down, maybe one chapter, you just begin to just observe. And the more you do it, the, the more it will become a habit until asking these types of questions becomes second nature to you. you just, it just becomes second nature. You begin to ask these questions. It's second nature like driving and texting. It's just second nature to some of you, right? And as you read, questions of interpretation will come to mind. Um, and when these questions come up, write them down. And then return to them later when it, comes to, when it comes time to interpret. But for now, you're laying the foundation of observation. Remember, our goal is to accurately interpret and properly apply God's word and observation is that foundation, which, which we first must be, must be laid. All right. Now, that's kind of the teaching part of this. Steps 6 through 10 of the observation we're going to talk about next week. So you better be here. I'm taking notes. I'm taking who's here, who's not. I'm just kidding. Now, for the next 20 minutes, okay, or so, what's going to happen is you're going to move into your small groups. But within your small group, you're going to pair up. Um, and then you're going to go through the five observation steps, what you learned tonight, with a partner. And you're going to learn, you're going to read Psalm 23. We pick something not real big, which is typed on page six. So you have it right there. Now, if you forgot your Bible, I encourage you to bring your Bible every week. But if you forgot one, you'd like to have one, I did grab some extras back there on the chair um, that were just around the church. So if you would like to grab them, some of you have Bibles on your phone, you can do that as well. So space has been given to jot down your findings and your thoughts. So once you get into your small groups and, and all the dust settles, pair up, read through that together. Observe your thoughts as you're reading through it. There's some space in between there. Feel free to look at the passage in your own Bibles. Uh, also, if you would like, you may use the Bible study tools that were up here. Okay, we have application Bible. We have uh, a dictionary uh, that will help with that. There's a Strong's Concordance. There's an Atlas um, what is this? This is a commentary. So feel free to, these are Pastor Jim's, so don't walk off with these, okay? That's not good. That's stealing. Um, you're welcome to that. At 8 o'clock, okay, about 8 o'clock, you will then reconnect with your small group. So maybe, let's say, for instance, this small group in the corner, you'll pair up. You don't have to necessarily stay at your table if you can, if you'd like to do that, but stay in your general area, and then you come back together, and then the leaders have the questions for the rest of the, the remainder of the time. Um, and then... Uh, and then you will dismiss around 8.30. Um, so hope that's sufficient for everybody's understanding. If you are new uh, and don't know what group you, you should be in, come and see me. We'll try to connect you with the group. If you already know what kind of group you'd like to be in, 
Um, just feel free to join that group. We have one out there. Jill is leading that tonight, uh, Jackie's group. We have Jan over here in the corner. We have uh, Phil, who was late, uh, this corner, this table here. We have uh, George Jorge. He's over here in the front, his group. And then Jason, who's not here, is in the parent room, which I'll be leading that one. And that's guys. So three guys, three gals. Uh, and Julie is back here in the, in, by the stairs, her small group. So if you have any questions, come and see me. Otherwise, you're dismissed to your small groups. God bless. Thanks for being here tonight. What a great guy sharing his candy.